Welcome to the comic panel, your Fairbanks show for all things comics and comic-related media. I'm Taylon. I'm Cody. I'm Jacob. And I'm Shawenta. Previously on the comic panel. I should say, I think my favorite part of the issue, of course, is when he he's with, um, what's the god's name again? But uh, Emmett's with the god, and they're talking in another area away from the family so they can mm-hmm. talk more plainly. And the god's like, oh my god, it's so beautiful here. What do you call this region? He's like, it's Texas. He's Mm. like, ah, so you are from the realm of Texas. Now. Is Donny Cates I from wish I Texas? Could remember what that's. Um, you know, I don't know for sure, but I think he is from the South. Because like, there's in a general. I'm trying to build a through line in my head of like different. Um, I don't want to say fetishizations of like Texas, but like Preacher has a little bit of that. But that's from a bunch of um like writers who are not American at all. And so, uh, <laughs> it does say he was like, born in Texas. It's oh, well, then mm. I guess that kind of explains it. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, yeah. I think I think he lives in Austin. Um, okay, that explains it a little more. Because yeah, <laughs> did I'm trying to remember? I know that he was like in charge of the ulti- or what's it, Absolute Carnage story, mm-hmm. but. I think that also took place what? in Texas. <laughs> oh, no, it was... Did it? Texas or New Mexico. It was like a little town in one of those. Cause, yeah, because I'm just trying to remember it. Like, I think there was uh, Scarlet Spider. The he I don't know was in he Texas. That, but he, was in da- he was in Dallas. He, okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if Donnie Cates wrote that or not, though, but now I'm like... <laughs> Maybe. All of this <laughs> there's enough of a connection, possibly. But anyway, so yeah. This guy likes him some Texas. He lives there. Yeah. If like if you're not if we didn't tell you now, you'd understand by the end of this book that he was either was from Texas or had a w- obscure, weird fascination with Texas. I mean, yeah, isn't yeah. one of the first things Emmett does after... I don't remember when he does exactly, after talking with God or before, where he's like... They're like, well, we gotta leave now. His family's like, you know, we're safe, but for how long? And he's like, no, I'm not leaving. This is my home. And there's like, it's rubble. <laughs> and he's like, not anymore, and rebuilds it with the sword. <laughs> as, as the granddaughter says, well, you know, I, he rebuilt it, but it's... Why is it still broken? It's just such <laughs> mm-hmm. a rundown house. Yeah, you know, see, that's an interesting thing for me because I, when when I got to that part of the story, I imagined that it was like, oh, okay, so part of like, you know, at least like that part of the sword's powers was like, basically it can only do as much as his memory 
could like you know remember how the house was so he never remembered it as you know the door working but then that wasn't really expanded on so i i'm kind of like or maybe not maybe that's just how he rebuilt it i don't know (laughs) see that's the thing did the sword rebuild it for him based on his memory or is the sword just like giving him some telekinesis power that he was like hammering away within a few seconds very fast but you know. <laughs> right yeah i don't know that was yeah that was a confusing part for me by the end you know i was like aha i know how this works and i was like nah they didn't give me any indication <laughs> mm. No, nah, I think most work. of the things in this story aren't meant to be explained. It's more for the vehicle of the main thing. Family. Right. Yeah. Give me more lore to chew on. <laughs> um, so so the writer of yeah. Scarlet Spider is uh, Christopher Yost, but he was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. Eh, whatever. Um, I just thought because uh, he wrote Carnage, but um, yeah. So then, like, basically after that whole like the talk that they have, you know, then there's like a very like peaceful moment. You know, it's like you know everybody's recovered from like you know the tornado and then the god like coming to attack and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like ah okay. Now we'll look at, like, bugs and stuff, and, and lightning bugs. Um, I mean, they're as happy as you can be in a house in the middle of nowhere. Sort of. Yeah. The I mean, but they choose oh, man. They choose to live that way, with a house in the middle of nowhere. They'd be unhappy if they had neighbors. Hmm. Yeah. say I just noticed that on the page, it's, like, basically... Um, the page where uh volifax like starts talking to the granddaughter um there's a giant spider on top of the roof of the house that i didn't notice like page before talking to on on uh, uh oh, playbooks it's page page 64 yeah it's like i'm like whoa <laughs> like I, I don't kind think of it's. Seemed... I don't think it's actually a giant spider. I think it's just like zoomed in perspective. <laughs> but no, because it's a, like if you look at the whole page, it's one image, you know, that's segmented into three different panels. Yeah. Okay, but, but just it... like imagine it in motion. They just kind of like it's just like a pull out while the dialogue is going on. I. Okay. I don't think it's a giant spider. That. I thought that was a giant demon spider. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be a demon spider. Yeah, it could be, but yeah. if it was, then why didn't they mention it at all later? Yeah, Because okay. that was I just like just... At- I'm unhappy when I see regular spiders. I can't imagine being around a demon spider. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That reminds me of that. I, I've never seen it, but like... The title of that movie, that's one big-ass spider. (laughs) Have you ever ever heard of that? No, I haven't. Yeah, I'm okay. Anyway, moving on. Is it about spiders? (laughs) 
Hmm? Is it about spiders? <laughs> uh, giant spiders. Okay. Yeah. It's a movie about giant spiders. <laughs> really, uh, Not all King in the Kong. title there. The, Not about... Oh, Peter title. Jackson's King Kong with the giant bugs. Yeah. The, no, the, the title of the movie is something along the lines of That's One Big-Ass Spider. I guess I haven't seen that one. I've seen, like, the title Arachnophobia, but... Mm. Oh, okay. Which does feature several very large spiders. The spiders <laughs> towards the end, which are just, like, puppet spiders, very obviously. <laughs> still, still don't like it. Too many legs, too many eyes. Don't like it. Mm. Uh, gotcha. Anyway, the spider that was in one panel... <laughs> Yes, has drawn this much controversy. I don't know if it's controversy. It's just a tangent that we can all go off of. Alright, and so uh, Dina goes in to talk to her mother and Roy comes out talking to his father and then gets attacked by a zombie? Gets bit Uh, I'm dead, yeah. It undead, yeah. But like, he was—he was pretty unfazed. He survived really good from that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. I was expecting Valifax to be like, "Oh, let me heal him for one mm-hmm. panel or something," but it was—he was, he was mm-hmm. just like, "Hey, stop that!" And like punching the undead. Yeah. I, I, as <laughs> as if it was like a spider that bit him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, although although he does collapse on the ground, so th- he punches the undead and then he falls. And well, then... yeah, it's. Uh, I was just gonna say adrenaline. Mm. Oh, gotcha. Mm. So then, uh... yeah, I guess. I was I was just gonna say I guess that makes sense, but I, I was a little bit like surprised that you know he didn't you know we we don't even see him with like bandages, but granted, yeah. you know at the end of the book he, you know he he is part of the action, but you know it's just it, I, I expected that to be it, a bigger bite. It looks yeah. like a pretty bad bite, mm-hmm. like on the neck. Yeah, yeah I mean mm-hmm. this. A bad bite, but I think we're like skipping over a little bit of like it's a kind of dialogue heavy, but it's like a heart to heart between you know recently recovered father and son, where the son's like, "I may have prayed for something to take you away." Mm. Mm. Like I think that was an interesting like character uh, defining moment for the two, where mm-hmm. like you know. Uh, Roy was kind of bitter, but I think Emmett has a good comeback might be the wrong word, but it's just like prayers like that don't get answered. I thought that was a that was a scene that like impacted me more than like, you know, weird stuff. Yeah, the emotional lead up um, of Emmett walking in on his son admitting that, you know, his dad had Alzheimer has gotten so bad at the time that he was wishing that something would happen to him. Like, he didn't want to do mm-hmm. anything, but, you know, put him in a home or whatever. He wanted to stay with him, but at the same time, it was putting such stress on him. And, I mean, Emmett is a little bit um, aloof at first, because 
you know, his son is like, you can't just ignore the fact that you heard me say that. Like, I feel really bad about it. And Emmett's like, your mother hugged you too much. <laughs> I was waiting for Jake to say that one. I thought that's what he was going with it. And his son obviously is like, what the heck is wrong with you? Why have you always been this way? Like, I've never, I, he saw him playing with um, Dina, his granddaughter, and doing his best to be fun and nice to her. And he's mm-hmm. like, even when I was a kid, he was never like that with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how some grandparents be. Fathers, but yes. I mean, father, yeah, sure. I don't know. My grandma was definitely way nicer to me than she was to my mom. Mm. Yep. Because she doesn't have to raise you. <laughs> and yeah, my grandma and my mom were both super open about that, about like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> Which, like, I don't know if my mom is bitter about that, but, you know, I'll find out in like 10 to 15 years. <laughs> Yeah, I'd I'd like to hope when in most cases that it's like you know, a, a gaining of wisdom and not just like, ah, I don't I don't have to deal with you every single day, but I you know I am just a mean person. Like it's it's like you know you actually learned how to like you know process how you're feeling in a healthy way so that you know you can you can better interact with people. <laughs> But, you know, you never know. I mean, yeah, um, not everybody's out there having their character arc fulfilled. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm not completely sure that, um, like, I mean, the Alzheimer's probably did humble, um, what's his name? Uh, can you say that again? What What is, uh, um, the, the main... Basically, the main character's name. Emmett. Emmett. Yeah. Emmett. Emmett. Okay. Yeah. I'll, for some reason, all I could think of was Roy's name. So I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was just saying that I think that the Alzheimer's may have like humbled Emmett a little bit. But other than that, you know, it's kind of like I'm not completely convinced that, you know, he, because, you know, the fact that he says your mom hugged you too much, like, you know, mm-hmm. he hasn't really learned much which makes sense you know mm-hmm. but um so yeah you know there, i think that he he definitely could have had a lot more to learn um gotcha. as far as a character Emmett, Emmett you mean yeah Emmett. yeah gotcha. so right after that fight um valifax is like uh all right get ready for a fight and then all of a sudden, the undead just rise up from the ground? Is that? Well, yeah, it's not just one. Uh, doesn't Valifax, like, shine a light and you can see mm. just they're surrounded pretty much. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. A, an army of the undead. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, including like, horses. All right, let's go. Say that again? Yeah. Oh, I said including horses. Yeah, yeah. There's un- undead horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a fight ensues, and then some of the undead get to the house, and he's trying to. He asks Valifax, "Hey, there, there, 
don't let them get to the house. And Valofax like, focus on the fighting. And then somehow Valofax inhabited the knives that were in the knife holder and just got a shot at the at the undead that were at the window trying to get in. I mean, if you're god of something, I feel like you have some power over it. Like, if you're god of mm-hmm. water, you can talk right. to the streams and whatever. Mm-hmm. So god of knives better be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Blades. That's what I mean. And then that's when Aristus Aristus, his brother shows up. His brother being Belgrim. Belgrim being the god of death and rot. And so, yeah, and then yeah. so uh, Emmett goes, lunge, lunges at him, and he's just, he turns in, he disappears, he turns into a cloud. And then Emmett realizes, oh, he must have gotten to the house. So Emmett runs to the house and find only to find that Dina has been kidnapped. And Valofax said he she'd been sent to hell or she's in hell right now. And then Emmett obviously runs after her. Like, all right, we're going to hell. So yeah. he's he's in hell and meets uh oh okay yeah, there, there's a lot of um uh talking that Janie and Roy are doing which I I thought in terms of dialogue this was the most impactful probably or at least the 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 kind of the dialogue that really made me think I don't know like I had to stop and be like, okay, what, what, what were they? But anyway, so he's like, you know, I'm gonna. He starts praying, and she is like, what, what are you doing? He's like, what, what? I'm, I'm praying. Oh, we, we need faith at a time like this. And she's like, I can't believe you just saw a god, uh, of, of war just come down, and you're still saying, oh yeah, faith is you still believe like she, come on she says very specifically she's like you think jesus is gonna help this mm-hmm. so yeah and and he's like well how have you seen these spectacular things and not believe this is proof but he kind of wavers because he's like this is proof of something right something mm-hmm. higher mm-hmm but you know he he didn't go as far as to say this is obviously God. But then we go to uh, Emmett, and he meets up with Balegrim, and Balegrim's like, "Hey, hey, man, look, I, I, he, so he has the child with him or Dina, and he's like, look, I, I want to give you the child, like, like, trust me, I, this living thing is like ill to me, um." But I kind of need the sword, you know. You know, my father's legacy is kind of depending on that, and you know, I kind of want. I I got the sense that he was like, I kind of want to ruin it. Yeah, mm. like he was. Yeah, like he I, didn't like his father. 
you know, that's like, I kind of got that feeling a little bit too, but I think that it was more important to him that, you know, he, like, he realized that his father had the power and so that, like, you know, if he could usurp his brother and, like, you mm. know, take the throne um, gotcha. and stuff like that. I but yeah, like felt like at certain parts that it was, he was like, look at this. This is all he has for his legacy. <laughs> Almost kind of pitiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, I could I could see that too a little bit. Like, I feel like almost the, the two god brothers could be, you know, facets of Roy even a little bit. Mm. Just because it's like, you know, like the uh, Bedgrim is, is his name, right? Bailgrim. Or Bailgrim. Mm-hmm. You know, he like, you know, he would be more of the side of like, you know, pity and wanting him to, like something to happen to his father you know it's all like just just give him this you know this thing that i know that he wants and you know he'll he'll go peacefully maybe and then like um and then atum or wait yeah atum that's the god of war right no that's no, aristus that's that's the god of always Mm. okay um well yeah the god of war one um he is like more like roy's like kind of like caring and altruistic side a little bit more but like you know it's all like steeped in like honor and stuff still too yeah so yeah yeah, i I kind of feel like because rory was going to stay with his father make sure that he was or, well, I mean, we kind of already said this, but, you know, Rory was going to stay with his father, even though Dina and, well, even though Janie felt that his father was too unstable and mm-hmm. he was acting too crazy around Dina. So she was just, she was going to leave. Mm-hmm. But he was like, no, no, it's my duty. Yeah, it's like right. he's given that ultimatum of like, who are you going to choose? Your father, who very obviously needs something else. Like, but Roy is so obviously clinging to that idea of he, well, he needs me. Like, this mm-hmm. gives me more purpose in some ways. I was yeah. gonna, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that's mirrored with um, the God of War artist, or whatever his face is. Um, where he's like, he very obviously seems like a kind of nice person, actually, if that can yeah. be said. Like, he doesn't seem like he really wants to fight. Uh, but his father, you know, is like, you cannot come back without this sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Then. And then Belgrim brings out Emmett's late wife. Uh, Elizabeth, and she's like, "Hey, it's fine, it's okay." And he's like, "Oh my gosh, you, is this real?" And then Valifax is like, "It doesn't matter." <laughs> yeah, Valifax is like, "You need to close your eyes. Like, you're mm-hmm. the moment you see this, you're immediately like being caught in a trap." Right. Well, yeah. it, it was kind of weird because I was expecting Valifax to say, uh, "No, it's not real. Of course, she's dead." But then Valifax was like, it doesn't matter. 
almost like <laughs> it, it, it. To me, when I when I I would think a, a layer of trust, like like if the relationship between Balafax and Emmett was built on trust, then at that moment, in that context, that trust would have kind of eroded. And I'm like, what? Mm. But it's my wife. She's here. I mean, tell me right. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that, you know, if, it, like you said, if a relationship was able to be more established b- between him and Valifax, then it would have been like, you know, like, I think that Valifax would have realized, you know, a little bit more, you, you know, a, a little bit how humans, you know, think and operate and, like, you know, could have chosen his wording a little bit better. But, you know, he is very mission-focused because that's what he does, you know? Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting because, you know, obviously Emmett sees his wife, nothing else matters. Like, he just wants to go back to how things always were in the past. Mm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, in the past when he was asking for them to fix his Alzheimer's, uh, he was thinking back to, like, dancing with his wife when they were younger. And, you know, so he drops Valifax immediately doesn't matter he's with his wife and i think valofax gets picked up by bed something the um the the god gets picked up by the god and valofax is like you're not even worthy and pretty much i think like it's almost like he's sucking the power out of him and because of that like all the undead get affected too including the one that uh Emmett's wife is which snaps Emmett out of that and the part I was going to focus on is when Emmett is like he's left there without his wife again and he picks up Mm -hmm. Valifax but it's like Valifax starts apologizing to him in that very human way like Mm -hmm. you know I can't imagine what you just and he's like Emmett's like shut up like don't Mm -hmm. talk to me about this Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that was a yeah. really interesting thing for Valifax to have, like, started saying. As compared to, like, a few scenes ago when they were playing with um, the granddaughter. And she's like, can I play with the toy sword or whatever? Can I play with grandpa's sword? And sword, I'm like, I'm not your grandpa's sword. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, a god of all blades. Like, you don't understand. Yeah. I'm not a toy, little girl. And she's like, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. It was also in that same scene. Um, the sword was like, or Valifax was like, I am fighting wars in all planes of imagination, even in planes that you can't even fathom, and ones that you will never visit. It was like very, ho- is it hoity-toity? Is, it, is that? Yeah, it's very haughty. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, okay, all right, man, stop being full of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and as Emmett says, you really don't know how to talk to children do you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like i i do kind of understand the idea that like you know it's all like you know they their concept of what he is is so diminished you know because it's like wow like you don't even know how like busy you know he is and what how much processing he's capable of as a god you know because it's like yeah just like his 
he has to process every battle that he's in across like a bunch of different realms not just on earth but like you know in like yeah in thousands of realms basically you know and maybe even other ones that like the uh atum doesn't rule mm-hmm. so it's like yeah it is a lot but like at the same time yeah not appropriate to be talking to a kid that way <laughs> well, which i think is why i find that later when he's trying to comfort emmett very stark contrast mm-hmm. yeah i agree and yeah i i think that like too like you know i think that the, the scene like right before the page right before that um scene where you know because basically uh sorry uh the sword doesn't just kill uh the god of death and rot i'm forgetting everybody's name at this point um (laughs) but hey you got his title Um, down yeah yeah which is longer than his name but go on yeah so the um basically the the sword did not kill the god of death and rot so uh but it did like significantly depower him into like kind of a husk and then after um after emmett you know the the illusion of his wife is gone he like you know really just angrily rips into the god you know who's now depowered just like bloody you know punches until he is destroyed and i feel like that is like you know it's that loss that like you know also like fueled his rages when he was you know suffering from alzheimer's um and like you know kind of going on like berserk rages where it's just like you know he knows that he's lost something even if he doesn't know what it is you know and he can't really control that so like i I thought that that was like kind of interesting that um you know just that like that even though he was like cured that that was something that was like you know he lost something again so he's going to be violent again yeah you're you're confused you don't know what's going on so you become frustrated and angry Mm mm-hmm yeah And so, yeah, so he picks up Dina and then carries her back home. And it's all, yay, she's back, great. And then Emmett's off in the background being like, I'm glad you're happy, but it's time this ends. And then Mm -hmm. another tornado shows up. And that's the end of four. And then we get... And then when we transition to five, we get a bit of background of how Valifax was created. Uh, it was earlier said that a tomb built Valifax from the heart of a dying star or a dying planet, something like that. And then the person telling the story was like, well, actually, there's a little bit more context to that. It wasn't dying before he ripped the heart out. <laughs> hmm. So he ripped the heart out, and then it was dying. 
And then he used it, he, a tomb, used it in many wars, and it had slain uh, many people, species, the whole, that whole thing. And then also, mm -hmm. it was said that Valifax um, couldn't uh, go against her maker, his maker. I keep thinking her. Valifax couldn't do anything against his maker. I believe is when that was in, talked about. Yeah, the line yeah. is like verbatim, standing up to the one who made you. Turns out it's as hard as it's as hard for swords and gods as it is for the rest of us. Which I also thought that was a interesting line that kind of like nailed on the head that like it's a story about family, not about a magic sword. Yeah. But what's also interesting, getting into um, kind of the the swords, I guess you could say humanity. I'm not sure if you would say that, but like the narrator uh, tells the audience, hey, you know, don't judge the sword. They were just doing what... Uh, their master was telling them to do, right? They they couldn't just say no to that. So that I thought that was interesting. Sword has uh, as some yeah. It, it's either that the sword has the knowledge of like right and wrong, or the person narrating kind of personified. Personified. That well, sword? yeah, I think. I don't know if that's the right phrasing. Well, I, I think that, like, you know, basically it was set up, you know, and, and this is like, you know, whether you look all the way back at, you know, the actual writer of the comic book or you're, like, speaking to the narrator in-universe, you know, it's like we just had this scene where the sword, um, you know, made the choice, basically, to defeat um, the the god of uh death and and rot and stuff and like so it's like why you know obviously you can see that uh a tomb isn't a good god so mm. why didn't he like you know do the same thing it's like you know you have to realize that it's a little different in this context that um you know one he was his maker and two you know, he was just, like, I kind of perceived it as, like, he was a little bit younger, too, you know? And the, so it was, like, the a much... The or the sword? Or the sword. Oh, okay. And so, like, you know, basically it was, like, much more impressionable to being, like, yeah, this is okay. This is what I was created for. You're my creator, and I am a thing. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, but, like, you know, I, I think that the main purpose of saying that was to, like, you know, put it into contrast of, like, you know, he's learned now that it is better to stand up for what's right than to to not. So then we get a tomb who tells Aristus, hey, all right, get the sword back. Valgrim failed me, and so... Now, it's all on you. Um, 
Yeah, and, and so he says, uh, Aristus says, but father, he can't be harmed because he, he's wielding uh, Valofax, which uh, plays into, is it, it's either supports the idea that he's invincible or is in contrast to what happens to him later. Whatever one you want to think about. Mm-hmm. And and a tomb is like, all right, quit your whining, okay? I'm not just gonna let you, I'm just not I'm not gonna send you down there without some help. I'll give you uh, Thor's armor? Thor's axe. <laughs> I will give Stormbringer. you Thor's axe. Except it's not Stormbringer at all. Okay, yeah, Stormbringer. It's just yes. like cooler armor. <laughs> Which reminds me of um like Marvel's Eternals, basically. Mm-hmm. And like how they are at least have been portrayed in what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Or that you're thinking of the celestials, Jake. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it gets confusing. Celestials, eternals, mm-hmm. inhumans. Basically, yeah, just all synonyms. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can catch us on Mondays 5 to 7 p.m. on KSUA 91.5 FM, The People's Radio. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Comic Panel, It's Comic Time. Or you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore comic underscore panel. Or like our Facebook page at It's Comic Time.